You are listening to Water Flying, a show dedicated to all things seaplanes. Brought to you by the Seaplane Pilots Association. My name is Steve McCoy. I'm the executive director of the Seaplane Pilots Association, which is the world's largest nonprofit advocacy organization dedicated to the protection and promotion of the water flying community. Climb aboard! We're about to start today's episode. Welcome back to Water Flying. I'm Abby Kellett, a flight instructor in seaplanes and assistant to Steve McCauley, executive director at the Seaplane Pilots Association. Well, before we start this next episode, we would once again like to thank our sponsors, and that's all of you, the members of the Seaplane Pilots Association. You've shown real dedication over the years to helping us achieve our mission of protecting and promoting water flying. If you're not already a member, we would like to invite you to give us a call and join at 863-701-7979 or visit us on the web at seaplanes.org. That's S-E-A-P-L-A-N-E-S.org. Again, you can join online and we welcome you to join our ranks. So this podcast is just one of the ways we want to communicate with our members and the public. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can email us at spatseaplanes.org. So today we are joined by Abby Austin, the Executive Director of the Alaska Airmen's Association. It is a fantastic organization supporting the pilots in Alaska. I am a proud lifetime member of the association. Abby, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you on today. It's great to be here. Thank you. Another Abby. Another Abby. <laughs> We're going to have to be really careful. Yes. It'll be an interesting discussion today with the two Abbies. So, um, so I'd like to start out with Alaska being just this amazing place with having Lake Hood, one of my favorite places in the world, the largest seaplane base in the world, and a mecca for seaplane pilots. There is such a huge concentration of SPA members and seaplane pilots operating in Alaska. Uh, I enjoy going there every year. I hope that the circumstances allow me not to miss it this year with COVID. But Abby, can you give us uh, an idea of what it's like to fly seaplanes in Alaska and why so many seaplane pilots are drawn to it? Sure, yeah. It's, uh, It's really all about access. I always think about that silly line from back to the future where we're going there are no roads Um, (laughs) it's it's just all about you know um accessing untouched wilderness whether it's for business or pleasure maybe you have a cabin somewhere there's just a huge expanse of wilderness that the only way to get there is by a float plane and i think that's why you see so much activity here in alaska yeah, and I don't even know if Abby realizes this. You cannot get to the capital of Alaska by road even. This Abby does not realize that. So I know we talked to we talked to Levi in a previous episode about flying in Maine, and he gave us a really good idea that, you know, some of those places there you can only get to by seaplane. But Alaska, honestly, to me, yeah. it just it seems like this kind of barren like terrifying, no radar contact. I mean, what what is that like flying out there and kind of being on your own? 
It, I mean, it's both amazing and can be terrifying. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my only personal exposure to that kind of flying was when I was lucky enough to do an internship out in um, Bethel, right out of college. And on a, on a beautiful bluebird day, it was incredible. You were out there in the middle of nowhere in this amazing wilderness all by yourself experiencing, you know, all that the, the world has to offer on a bad weather day, it was, it was really scary, you know, especially for someone like me. Um, I just was so thankful that we, they had such amazing, skilled, experienced pilots and, and they, did, they seemed unfazed on, on days where I thought we're going to do what we're going to go where, you know, they really, um, they've just been doing it for so long and, and they're so skilled that, um, they can still access those places even on a, on a day that a rookie like me would be intimidated. That's pretty amazing. And I know that it's such a close knit community of seaplane pilots up there and just pilots in general. And you had the opportunity to come on as the new executive director of the Alaska Airmen's Association. So tell us a little bit about the association that you now get to operate, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I feel so lucky to be here. So the, uh, the mission of the Airmen's Association is to protect, promote, and preserve general aviation in Alaska. And we started in 1951 as, as somewhat of a, a social organization. And then over the years, it's just really grown into, we're, we're officially a nonprofit now, of course, and, and we have uh, such a wide mission, everything from trying to support small business in aviation in Alaska to encouraging the next generation of aviators um, or really any young people to work in the industry. We do a lot of outreach, trying to get kids excited about being mechanics or controllers, that kind of thing. We have an advocacy arm where we work with local government to try to, to maintain that access for, for airplanes throughout the state. So really we, we just try to get our fingers involved in, in everything we can to, to meet that mission, protecting, promoting, and preserving. Wow. That sounds really familiar. Yeah. yeah. I think we do, <laughs> we do something like that. So it's amazing how yeah, these organizations yeah. can just work together. You know, we're all trying to accomplish the same goal. And I think that's, what's really yeah. important to me. And I'm just going to put a plug in again. I'm a lifetime member of the Alaska Airmen's Association. I'm sitting here living in Florida, but that's how much I support your mission and think it's important because I'm typically up there a couple of times a year flying and for events doing safety seminars and things like that. And you guys do have a very important mission just like ours. And it is a parallel mission. And I just want to encourage our listeners Join AOPA, join EAA, join the Airmen's Association and the Seaplane Pilots Association because we're the ones out there protecting your access and this way of life that you enjoy. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I think that the work we do here in Alaska has benefits that, that radiate outside of Alaska. I think with our, particularly with our government outreach, there's a lot of... Um, lobbying that we have to do because aviation is a way of life up here to to again maintain access to certain areas whether it's you know regulations or fuel taxes or things like that that can sort of be the the gateway to that sort of activity in other parts of the nation it seems like the stakes are a little bit higher too i mean if if you say aviation is a way of life up there and a lot of access to these more remote places depend on you know 
aviation. It's essential. Right. And so it is, it becomes essential that, you know, you work with local governments and you keep everyone happy so that you don't lose access to those places because that affects everyone's way of life. That's exactly right. Yeah, so the Alaska Airmen's Association and SPA have worked together on a lot of issues in the past. Um, Recently, we've been doing a lot of invasive species work. Um, We've been working on safety issues for over 40 years, um, coming up there and doing safety seminars in Anchorage and Fairbanks. Um, And we also award scholarships at the Great Alaska Aviation Gathering, which is coming up shortly. So if you want to learn more about the Tyler Orso Chuck Kimes Memorial Seaplane Rating Scholarship, you can tune into Season 2, Episode 11 of Water Flying, where we speak with Terry Hayes, Tyler's mother, about the scholarship program. So, Abby, what are some of the advocacy issues that um, the airmen are working on currently? I know invasive species is a big one, but what are you guys looking at? Yeah, so I I learned recently through our our advocacy agent, his name is Adam White, and it's his full-time job to keep an eye on this stuff. Steve, I know you and Adam have have worked together over the years. Great guy. I learned from him. (laughs) Yes, he's fantastic. We're so lucky to have him. Um, I learned from him that zebra mussels have recently arrived in Alaska. So I know the Seaplane Pilots Association and Adam are working hard on an education campaign to, uh, to help float pilots understand how they can slow the spread of zebra mussels. Um, outside of invasive species and other, other stuff, where Adam's working on a million things right now. He's talking with the FAA. Apparently, the, the, there's a big infrastructure bill coming through um, the House and the Senate soon, and he's working with FAA to figure out you know, how Alaska can get a piece of that pie to, to get more of that Radar coverage you're talking about, be able to pick up IFR flight plans, um, clearances out in the middle of nowhere. That's sort of Adam's personal mission is is infrastructure. Um, He's working on uh, all kinds of things. I would love to encourage you all. He does a monthly live stream um, through Facebook and YouTube where he gives updates on everything he's working on and, and viewers can ask questions. And you can find out about that by signing up for our newsletter or checking out our website when he does those. And and he does them about once a month and they're really informative and useful. That's awesome. And the fact that, you know, he's trying to spread the awareness and everything and you have a full time person tackling these issues. That's that's so important because, you know, you guys have to keep those areas open. So having someone that's keeping the legislative side happy is so incredibly important. He's a great guy. I tell you what, I always look forward to seeing him. And once in a while, he gets down into the lower 48, down to the Puyallup show at the Northwest Aviation Conference. And we've done some safety seminars and sat on panels together. And and again, um, he's been a a quiet voice of wisdom. That's a great way to put it. Yes. <laughs> so to, to those of our members who may not understand some of the benefits of joining the Alaska Airmen's Association, what are uh, some of the benefits that people can expect? And why would someone even like myself who doesn't live in Alaska consider joining? Sure. Yeah. So, so there are some great benefits. You would get a copy of our quarterly newspaper called The Transponder which we actually do still print on paper and, and mail to your home. If, if you like that, there's a digital version as well. <laughs> there's, there's a digital version as well. There's lots of good stuff in there. Of course, Adam contributes a lot. I and mean, then just sort of 
special interest pieces about what's going on in Alaska and aviation. Um, membership gets you access to exclusive events and webinars. We get some really great speakers uh, wanting to share their knowledge. Um, you get some cool, great discounts on fuel and, and aircraft parts, stuff like that. Um, but really, it's about supporting the mission, right? You get to make your contribution and have your voice heard, um, which is, which is of course, the, the biggest value of the membership. Certainly. And, you know, and, people want to um, see that they're getting something back from the membership. But also, so much of it is, you know, they're putting into this organization that is helping to keep them flying. And that's really, I mean, right. that's SPA and that's, that's the airmen's. I've trained you well. I know. I know. I've learned, I've learned much in a couple months. <laughs> so that is the big thing. I think for me, you know, when we're, we're talking about the value proposition of membership in these organizations, the number one value proposition is not what you get in the form of stuff. It's what you get in the form of representation and advocacy. And I think we put too much emphasis on all the all the swag and all the other stuff. And, and quite honestly, if you're a pilot and you love flying or you depend on flying for your living in Alaska, the real benefit is the advocacy that's going on. That's right. So why would someone like Steve, you know, I mean, you already kind of said it, Steve, but why would someone who doesn't live in Alaska or operate regularly in a seaplane or just in general aviation in Alaska, why would they become a member yeah, specifically to seaplanes, kind of like we were discussing before, Alaska is kind of the tip of the arrow, right? So, so all the all the fighting we do for access, all the lobbying we do to the government, even even things like um, design changes in equipment, you know, innovation that happens here, all of that sort of trickles down through aviation in the U.S. in general. So it still matters what goes on up here. Yeah, I don't I don't think that any Alaska pilot would have ever thought that we would have been talking about water closing in Alaska for an invasive species. And yet that's where we are. I mean, water is yeah. closing because of invasive species in Alaska. And I don't think that the pilots there ever really in their wildest imagination, they're like, this is Alaska. It's you a know, way of life. Of they'll course. never close Alaska. Well, guess what? It, right. It's it's happening. So, yeah. So let's talk about the uh, Great Alaska Aviation Gathering, and it's it's not in its normal place because of COVID this year, and it's moving. And um, but for those of our listeners that haven't had the good opportunity of going there, it's one of my favorite shows of the year. I mean, it is one or two. Somewhere between Air Venture and the Great Alaska Aviation Gathering are my favorite shows because the people that go to the aviation gathering are the hardest core, most enthusiastic, passionate pilots I have ever seen. <laughs> and I haven't gone either, so, so I need the information as well. So what is the Great Alaska Aviation Gathering? Oh, man, I, I could talk for ages about the gathering, so I will try to hit the highlights, but it is the... Um, it's the largest free aviation trade show in the U.S., which is pretty cool. It's completely free and open to the public. Um, we are in our 24th year this year, which I think is pretty incredible. It's amazing. Um, it's, it's May 8th and 9th this year, and we have moved it to Palmer, Alaska. It's about 45 minutes north of Anchorage. The reason we chose that venue 
is the Alaska State Fairgrounds is in Palmer, Alaska. And uh, they also have a really great airport in Palmer that's only about a mile away from the fairgrounds. So um, that allows us to have a lot more outdoor space. We can spread out, do some social distancing and sort of, you know, give everybody the opportunity to participate in a way that they feel comfortable. Um, and we can land bush planes right on the fairgrounds, which I'm just so excited for. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, that's, oh, really that's going to be cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. We're going to get helicopter rides right on the fairgrounds. It's going to be um, really exciting. I tell you that FedEx um, that FedEx hangar seems like a, a second home away from home for me. So it is kind of it's going to be unique not to be going back to the FedEx hangar, but it's also going to be a little refreshing because we've been to that hangar so many times. Right? Yeah, definitely. There is a silver lining. Um, you know, we love the FedEx team, and we love going to be uh, being hosted at that hangar. Uh, we were so thankful that they sort of gave us their support. You know, they're going to be involved still in the event out in Palmer. But um, but you're exactly right. A new venue is allowing us to kind of try out new things. We're going to have a lot more uh, youth outreach. We're going to have a career fair component, which we've never really done before. Um and then we're just going to have live airplane action, which we can't really do with the FedEx hangar. You know, we're going to skydivers and hot air balloons and just, you know, oh, that's going to be awesome. Bananas. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. So I've heard stories about, I think what you've seen, you know, what kind of vendors you've seen. And there's just these amazing products that are coming out of Alaska that people are putting on, you know, their bush planes or putting on their seaplane. So what, what can we expect to see from some of the vendors? I know you're talking about the career booths and doing a little bit of, um, you know, networking and um, for the young people, but what can we see as far as vendors and uh, merchandise? Yeah. Yeah. So, so all, all of the heavy hitters participate in this event, which I think is so great. You know, they, they come up from the lower 48 and um, Lycoming and Hartzell and Sensenich and, and Wayland and, you know, the list goes on and on. Everybody you want to see and talk to uh, participates in the event, which we're so thankful for. We also have a, a lot of local um, innovation, like we talked about, Airframes Alaska and Alaskan Bushwheels actually have their facility in Palmer, Alaska. Um, so we're hoping they've got some big things planned. They're gonna they're gonna have tours of their facilities, so you can see some new things they've got um, that they're working on. Um, Probably where you'll see more Super Cub frames in one location than you'll ever see in your life. I mean, it's just kind of humbling to walk in there and see like 15 Super Cub frames laying around. So, Yes, it's it's a pretty amazing facility. Um, so, so, yeah, that, that's definitely something to stop by and see. Um, but, gosh, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed. I'm drawing a blank because there's just so much. Um, well, Acme Cub training is going to be there. Yep. Go ahead, Steve. No, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. So, yeah, I mean, so there's a carbon fiber anything for your Super Cub. If you need a carbon fiber widget for your Super Cub, I don't care what it is. They'll have it there. Uh, again, Alaska Bush Wheels with the 35-inch tires for Super Cubs. Um, uh, air glass uh, with their pods and their skis, uh, which have been very supportive yeah. to, to both of our organizations over the years. 
So, uh, yeah. yeah. Carbon Concepts is who you're referring to. That's a great one. He, he can do amazing things with carbon fiber. He actually made a sled for an Iditarod racer, which is kind of cool out of carbon fiber. Um, but of course, yes, he can do anything for your airplane in carbon fiber. We've got um, Burl, who's famous for his tail skis and, and recently bought the uh, Aronka STCs. Oh, and then Helio Alaska is going to be there. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a local business that purchased the type certificates of the Helio Courier. Oh, wow. And they are they're trying to put them back into production, which I think is amazing. There's um, just so much going so, on. Yeah. Like, there's so much innovation. Yeah. One of my good friends up there, I don't know if you know, Virgil Peachy used to fly a Helio up there. I don't know him. Uh, He's going out to one of the lodges. He used to do a lot of documentary film work. So, uh, yeah, oh, that's great. Um, I've actually flown the only turbine Helio courier on amphibs. So... Really? Yes. Like <laughs> I, love, I love the Helio Courier. It's like a super cub and a beaver had a baby. What more can <laughs> So pretty amazing airplane. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really glad to see that airplane come back. That's that's exciting because it's a great airplane. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, lots of cool stuff going on. And the super cub raffle. Can you give us an idea of what that is, how someone could get, you know, tickets for the raffle this year? Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to say for about the last 15 years or so, we've raffled a, a bush type aircraft off at the event. So we give it away uh, the afternoon of May 9th. And this year, it's an incredible PA-18, 160-horse uh, Super Cub that's been completely rebuilt and retrofitted by Acme Club Training. And I encourage everybody to check out their website, check out our website. We just did a live stream last night uh, going over the features. It's unbelievable. It makes me sad. I can't win it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's an incredible super cub. It also, the winner also gets five hours of training with Acme Cub Training and their world famous bush flying wow. outfit. That in and of itself is amazing. Yeah. Steve um, Williams. He's a great guy. He's incredible. Yes. Uh, Again, everybody should tune into these live streams because Steve is such a wealth of knowledge. People are just asking just general mountain flying or or tailwheel questions. And he's happy to just talk forever and and share his knowledge. Uh, It's it's really cool. It's really interesting. Um, I I think that, you know, normally the donors for those aircraft have been like the airframe overhaulers and manufacturers. So it's interesting to see someone like him stepping up, uh, you know, helping provide the, the airplane. Yeah, I think he's growing that side of his business. I think you can, he, he's going into more maintenance. Um, you can definitely call him and he will build you a super cup. Wow, so, that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah so I, I encourage you all to do that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we're giving the airplane away. There's also 10 additional amazing prizes. So there's, there's really 11 chances to win. And you can win a set of 31-inch bush wheels. You can set uh, win a float rating at a local uh, flight school here in Alaska. You can win an overnight fishing trip um, for four people at this incredible bent prop lodge. There's just a ton of great prizes. Um, you do have to call to purchase a ticket. In the state of Alaska, you can't sell raffle tickets on the internet. So you have to give us a call. You can call us at 907-245-1251 to purchase tickets. 
You can get one ticket for $60. You get a bit of a discount if you get five for $275, or you can get 10 for $500. Oh, and you always get me, you always get me for at least five or 10. So, (laughs) and you got it, it saves you money. You have to, right? Steve, you Um, can't, you can't. No, you can't bid on it. You already have a super cub. So that's just taking away the chances for me. So I'm going to bid on it. And if I get it, Abby, we'll go for a flight. If I win the super cub, we'll go for a flight in Alaska. That's fair. That's fair. The two Abbies and cruising in the super cub. Oh, that'd be so cute. (laughs) So, and I want to add, you can also, uh, I want to, we have kind of a, a somewhat tradition of awarding a seaplane rating scholarship with the Tyler Orso uh, Chuck Kimes Memorial Seaplane Scholarship that we offer uh, just before the, the raffle drawing. So I would like to extend that one more time and invite the listeners to apply for uh, our scholarship because I would like to award at least one at the show this year once again. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, that's good stuff. So what's going on looking forward uh, as we as we look forward for the Airmen's Association and aviation in Alaska? What do you see the trends being or, or what do you see the next big challenges being? Gosh, I think I think it's going to be the same challenges and they're just going to get tougher. You know, I think the. the <laughs> You know what I mean? The, the industry is really struggling to keep things affordable. The state feels the need to reduce access. You know, I think that we're going to keep running up against those same brick walls. Um, so I would just love to see us continue to grow. You know, some of the goals we have are, again, trying to support small business. I think that's critical, helping helping these folks stay in, stay in business even when fuel taxes are going up and parts are getting harder to come by, you know, anything we can do to help there. Um, And then the the key is growing that next generation, you know, of um, employees for these businesses, right? Uh, We we're working with the school districts. Our goal for 2022 is to get aviation education in every school in Alaska. Um, I think that's a, that's a big key. And again, not just pilots, you know, everybody thinks about, I'm going to be a pilot. They get excited about that, but there's so many incredible careers out there from being a welder to a mechanic, to a dispatcher, to a parts manager, you know, and and all those companies in Alaska need, need employees to do that. Um, So I think we just got to keep pushing and, and, uh, and, you know, save general aviation. Yeah. And I, you know, I can't help but have a bleeding heart for all the aviation businesses in Alaska that have been affected by the drop in tourism from COVID uh, because it it has to have just been absolutely devastating. So much of aviation in Alaska is also tourism based. And uh, I'm sure it's it's been a very difficult past year for all the businesses there. It definitely has. Uh, the the silver lining in that, or, or I should say the relief is we're so lucky that as small as we are, we've just really been powering through the vaccinations here. You know, we're, our vaccinations are open to everyone. We've got plenty. Um, our rates are going down and Alaska is opening up just in time for this year's tourist season. Yeah. We need the cruise so ships can, to come back. <laughs> that's right. The cruise ships are a big piece of that. And, and I think it'll be a little bit longer before that happens, but 
the, you can, you can book your vacation to Alaska now, you know, if you show up with a negative COVID test, Alaska's opening back up. Um, so I think there's definitely hope on the horizon for those businesses. Yeah. My, my, it's funny because my truck is actually in the shop right now and I've got to go pick it up. And, and the, uh, mechanic that works on the airplane or on the airplane on the truck was telling me, Hey, my wife and I just uh, booked a, uh, trip to Alaska for the Northern Lights in October. I've got to talk to you about it. And so, again, it was really cool to hear someone here in Florida scheduling a trip to Alaska, knowing, you know, the drop in tourism that's, you know, happened over the last year. So that was really great. Yeah. And I mean, there's some really great rates available if you're thinking about planning (laughs) a trip, you know, now's now's the time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Abby, it's been great having you on uh, the podcast, and I really look forward to working with you and the Airmen's Association as we have over the years, expanding that relationship and having you back on a regular basis to talk about what's going on and what we're doing together in Alaska. So, uh, proud to be a sponsor once again. Uh, we just locked up our sponsorship, uh, what, last week for being a bronze sponsor of the uh, Aviation That's Gathering? Right. <laughs> So that's right. Thank you so much for that. So um, until next time and until we get Abby, that Abby, which Abby, the other Abby (laughs) back on the show, because I'm always on the show. We'd like to thank you, our (laughs) listeners, for tuning in. We'd like to thank you, Abby. And until next time, blue skies and calm waters. We are so glad you joined us today. If you like today's show. I highly encourage you to join the Seaplane Pilots Association and become a member of the largest seaplane community in the world. Members receive Water Flying, the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community. And it's available in both printed and digital form. Your membership also includes access to the Water Landing Directory app, which has the Seaplane Flight School directory and a calendar of seaplane events, not only here in the United States, but around the world. The association hosts regular educational workshops, safety seminars, and gatherings for seaplane pilots and anyone with a passion for seaplanes. So look us up online at seaplanes.org, join our community, and support our mission of protecting and promoting water flying.